It's a film with three brains. 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 This is the film with three brains at Sam in San Francisco. And this is Sean in Chicago. And Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And today we are reviewing the 1988 animated film Grave of the Fireflies, which none of us had seen before. Nope. Which is pretty cool. Correct. Um, you still wish none of us had seen it before? Correct. Anyone? Right. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> We're off to a flying start. <laughs> really? You didn't like it? Wait. Oh, like, we thought you said seen it before. You, yeah. you still it. wish none of us had seen it before. Oh, oh. wish none of us. Okay. It was, it was a I double negative? You, I, no, I thought you just said the same thing twice. I thought you That's said, so none of us have ever seen it before. And then I thought you said oh. that again. And I was like, well, still. <laughs> That's, I ran out of material. I was like, I'll just start repeating myself. Um, I mean, I, I would have been quite content having never seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I knew you would say something like I, that. I, don't, I, mean, I don't, it's not I don't fun. feel like, I don't feel like I really get, I don't, I, any movie properly labeled a tragedy, I'm not interested in. That's interesting. Yeah. That's not, yeah. to me, that's not entertainment. It's just, and I, you know, I wasn't always that way, but I am now. And it was the same with Life is Beautiful. Like, I don't, I don't want to watch that. All right. So just to give a little bit of a background. <laughs> so I didn't even know what this movie is about when I picked it. Um, <laughs> I just picked it. I didn't either. Because, yeah. Um, so I had no idea it was an animated tragedy. Didn't know that such a thing existed. Um, but I did pick it because I was going through movies on... I was trying to find movies that are super highly rated that I hadn't seen before. And so like on IMDb, you can see everything that's rated a perfect, you know, 10 or close to 10 and, you know, different, different sites. And, you know, um, the... Uh, like USA Today a few years ago had 100 best animated movies of all time. And they, this one was number one. And I was like, well, how in the world could it be that I never saw, you know, if USA Today makes a list of the best animated movies, how is it that I didn't see number one, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I had to pick it, but I didn't read about it at all. It just, it just, it was just a list that I saw. I didn't, I didn't read a, the list with descriptions. So anyway, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, <laughs> that being said... So do you I, regret it? Yeah. I did not regret it. Um, Good. Because I don't think I really, like, there's movies that I'm like, oh, that's bad. But I rarely am like, I regret watching that. Yeah. And this, I also think that that this is kind of, I mean, it was kind of interesting to me for a few reasons. It made, it made me actually look up some things about the, you know, I know some history of World War II and what happened and all that. So it made me look up some things because I was curious um, like the fact that this is an adaptation of a true story of a true short story yeah. is terrible. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, before I go on too much, I, I should give a brief, um, summary of what the movie's about. So it's, it's, um, a teenage boy somewhere around ninth grade, um, ends up taking care of his younger sister after, you know, this is World War II, 1945, the firebombing of of Japan. And so this this young boy and his, I think, four-year-old sister mm -hmm. um, end up living with a distant aunt who 
who really uh, isn't a great caregiver and they leave and they kind of live on their own um, in, a, in a shelter of some sort and run out of food, that little girl gets sick and she actually dies in an animated movie. Um, so <laughs> that was kind of a shock. Um, and and the movie is is about how horrible it was for people in World War Two, and it's and it's telling the story of of you know this boy who who you know well, we can talk about whether or not we think the choices are right or wrong, and but he, in my opinion, makes a, a bad choice, and they end up starving. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, it's, to me, I was like, I can't believe this film was made in the 1980s. It seems a little early to be making this type of animation movie compared to what I, mean, I think of as 1980s story was... animation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. The story, well, the story was from the sixties, right? Yeah. It was written in the sixties, but the guy the 60s who and he wrote was... it was recounting a true story of how he lost his little sister and felt responsible right. <clears throat> in during World War Two. Right. I don't know. What did you? I want to hear what you thought, Sean. Um, this Cohen's opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's. Um, I, I want to come back to that whole tragedy thing with Cohen, though, because I find that pretty interesting. But the. I I um I don't have a problem with tragedy, but it was it was kind of hard to find silver linings here. And I've obviously like they are trying. It's it it reminded me a lot of Life Is Beautiful, you know, like that mm -hmm. wartime mentality of just get through this, especially for the young the young one, you know, just try to make the best of it. Um, I thought that I I liked the beginning how he said he died that day, you know, cause you kind of go, mm -hmm. oh, okay, okay. We know we're in, we're in for some stuff. And, um, I wish they, I wish they would have, um, kind of tied that back in a little better. You know, you can, you gotta have to, rem you have to remember the beginning. Yeah. When you get to the end, you're going to you have to remember how it started. You're like, oh yeah. Okay. So they were, they get in this like ghost train type thing mm -hmm. and it uh, comes full circle. But I mean, it, at that point, you know, they're talking about the Americans coming and, and so you kind of, yeah, I can't really summarize my feelings. I mean, obviously, I thought it was interesting that that um, West, like Australian and other audiences, we we had a hard time. Like, with, like you were saying, he made a bad choice. Um, but but Japanese audiences didn't quite see it that way because I think there's some cultural differences. Um, and it was released, apparently, um, with. <laughs> the puffy guy, <laughs> the big puffy guy that I was trying to remember, which is, uh, I'm, I'm an idiot. It was actually Totoro, the, my neighbor Totoro. Yeah. Yes. I think it's a giant cat, right? I mean, it's, the, I mean, it's the mascot for the whole studio, for the Ghibli studio. So it's pretty important. But anyway, that, that was like night and day. Those two movies, <laughs> having watched those back to back would be weird. And hopefully you'd watch uh, grave of the fireflies first and then cheer up a bit. Um, but that one's, yeah. I mean, that one they said was also much better appreciated by Japanese audiences because it was so cultural, you know, it was culturally different. I don't know. I can't really speak to that obviously, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to second guess and think about and the, and the, the historical stuff. But I mean, overall, I think it's just, that tragedy thing is like you want to know that there's a point to it and it's really hard to see that there's a point per se because you know nobody nobody really makes it nobody you know nothing good right. comes of it i think well that's that's sort of i don't have an issue with tragic films necessarily i just don't want to i don't want to watch them anymore you know like that's if you yeah if you it, know going in it's it, going to be yeah because with something like this there's not for me I don't get a whole lot out of it other than you know like war war's awful. <laughs> mhm. Mm you know like right. okay I mean I knew that. I've no doubt that that sort of thing really did happen. I I never I didn't doubt it before. I don't doubt it now. 
So I don't need to yeah. like watch it for two hours as entertainment, you know? Yeah, war is awful. Being sick is awful. Hunger yeah, is awful. Like children dying. I, I don't <laughs> really want to watch that awful. happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, it's not where my tastes lie anymore, you know? And it's not, yeah, it's not I remember a bad when movie. we were kids, it, you were, you couldn't get enough of children dying. <laughs> no. and so I was just, yeah, you've really changed. <laughs> um, it's a, you know, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's well made and, and I see why people like it or, 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 or think it's a good film. I just don't want to watch it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given me. the, given the choice, you'd probably choose not to. Definitely. Yeah. I'd rather watch Howard the Duck. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> That's tragic That's in itself. Tragic. Oh. <laughs> so Sam, you're on a roll. I mean, are you going to pick Dancer in the Dark next? Maybe Sophie's choice. <laughs> See, Dancer in the Dark, I don't want to watch that again, but I really appreciate I mean, I really think that's a good movie. Well, so, you, you know, it, 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 you, her suffering or her, her sacrifice has meaning. Right. Beyond just, easier. beyond just showing what something's like or how tragic life can be, you know, like, yeah. I guess is not eloquently stating it, but you come away feeling something more than just like, wow, it was that awful. That's awful what happened to those people or that person. You, you get There's a little more than that or something different Yeah, to go along with it. That's there, but it's not just that, mm-hmm. I suppose. I think one of the things that was interesting for me, because I was frustrated with the, the main character, the boy, and mm-hmm. I was like, why, you know, what is it? Is it, is it pride? And that he doesn't go back to the to the lousy aunt, you know, is it like, yeah, how is it that things get this far and you, you, you know, you, you, you witness him try to do some things and he gets beat up for, for stealing some crops and things. And it, and it took me a long time to figure it out, but and because I think it was maybe subtler than it should have been, or I just was trying to, or maybe just not seeing it at first, but it was, he had this faith that, you know, that Japan was unstoppable and that his father would be back. And I, you know, to me, like I said, I think it could have been a little bit stronger, but I, but when I realized like, oh, he's wearing this military esque uniform the whole time and in the way he is and then his shock though when he when he learns you know and when he goes to the bank like that was just uh, that that was when i was like okay i get it now like he was waiting for you know he just assumed like hey japan's unstoppable they're they're his dad's gonna be back and be a hero and everything's gonna be okay um and that you know in some ways though their downfall was was his fault because of that pride in addition to everything else that goes on with other people and right not helping them when they could have and things like that well yeah that that pride is one of the things they mentioned is that in in their culture i think the pride of service i mean like the ant saying uh, there's a war on you're what are you contributing you know that sort of stuff that that stubborn sort of willingness to go through some some bad stuff for the for the greater good. I mean, he he made the wrong choice, but I mean that I think that's that's why it's it's probably less meaningful to us because we're like, well, wait a minute, you know, like where is the, you know, we're I mean, look at you're looking at it from a modern Western viewpoint, and you're like, right. well, yeah, where is this social services? Like, where where what is you know where where are the directions coming from? Like who, where, you know, where is the communication? I mean, other than air raids that they don't really have any information. And, uh, it, that obviously hurts, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's in the middle. It's, it's, I, yeah, I, I probably my, I don't want to say my favorite part, but what I appreciated about it most was having a perspective on, on that war that I have no, um, experience with other than the, the little that we know from our 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 version of history which is we dropped two bombs on them and the war ended you know it's it's yeah. it's 
it's really not how it went down because there was a ton of firebombing. I mean, I think all of us have seen like the fog of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, know, Robert McNamara and made me think about of that. that. Um, yeah. It's devastating. I mean, they're, they're dropping, um, you know, millions of tons of, um, of napalm on, on these major cities and they're just destroying the six, the biggest cities in, in Japan. And, and then when I looked up like the Potsdam conference, cause I was like, well, yeah, when did this end? Okay. So it's, so it's a little after this, you know, the summer progresses and then they, they, you know, Germany's falling, but Japan is kind of holding out. Um, but it's it like the Potsdam agreement um, was was said to be intentionally vague because the Allies didn't want them to, you know, they you know about the shipping routes and and how and all this all this the stuff that had to be figured out. There's a lot to be figured out. Um, oh, like they wanted to have have occupied territory. You know, the Allies wanted to occupy parts of Japan, and that wasn't you know that wasn't going to go over. But they also didn't say, they just said, okay, if, if you know, if you guys don't um, agree to this, you know, we're, there's going to be uh, utter destruction. And they didn't say, we have the, the atomic bomb. Uh, we just tested it a little while ago and we're ready to drop on you. They, you know, they just said, they just said, they just threatened them with more destruction. And after the firebombing, I imagine it was probably hard for anyone in Japan to imagine anything worse than that. You know, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. and no, and no one had seen anything like it. So, the, how would they possibly know what to expect? And so, I mean, it's it's you can say that's stubborn, and that you know that they were silly to not uh, agree to unconditional surrender or you know all the all the allies' conditions. But it really wasn't fair, you know, at that time to, to expect them to to get it so quickly after sacrificing so much and trying to figure, you know, trying to, I don't know. I mean, the good thing is the the movie doesn't get into all that at all. They, they talk about that, you know, there's a little bit of the naval sort of, um, pomp, whatever the, the fleet was there. And, and he was thinking about his dad and all that stuff, but for the rest, and they don't really focus on who's dropping what, where, and who did what, when it was more like war, like Cohen was saying, war is awful. We get it, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I still appreciate the, that perspective because I, I really can't imagine. I can't. And, you know, we think about, I mean, we got Ukraine happening right now. But there's so much to worry about in the world. But I mean, that's I just can't imagine going through this generations of trauma. It's, it's nuts. So yeah, as horrible as the movie is, I don't think it even scratches the surface. Yeah. And the, the only reason we, you know, we are devastated by this is because it's about a little girl and one, one particular story as movies should be, it should be, have a nice tight focus and that's what we care about. So, but it, it mirrors the war in that, you know, it's awful and it's not, doesn't have a happy ending and yeah, I don't know. I've gone on way too long about my thoughts, but that's. <laughs> well, we are that's actually the reviewing the movies. So your thoughts are. On the movie, as yes. opposed to all the other times we segue into right. something for that's true. Minutes. So <laughs> thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I did find it hard to listen to the little girl's voice. It was just a little too shrill for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, die already, die. (laughs) I'm not saying that. (laughs) Just stop talking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a little too much. Well, I'm glad that, I mean, we had the subtitle version. And I like that because um, apparently the the dub version has a pretty annoying, not annoying, but um, somebody said it was, it was hard to, to get the the performance, I guess, out of the American four year old yeah, or whatever. That we watched the dub version in English. Okay. And yeah, it, it, I mean, it's always I I guess I didn't I didn't 
Usually I would, uh, usually I watch foreign films not dubbed. I watch them in their native language with subtitles mm -hmm. because the dubs are so distracting and they're almost always bad. Yeah. And for some reason with this, I just, I don't know. I didn't even think about it. I just let it go. And it, in retrospect, yeah, there, you know, it would have been better, I think. Because it was so, they, 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 you know, the, the, for whatever reason, I don't know why, why are English dubbed, you know, foreign films always like terrible performances? I don't know. Why? why, why? <laughs> <laughs> no budget, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, my neighbor Totoro had Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning, so that yeah, I, it couldn't have been too bad. I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Well, should we talk about Studio Ghibli? 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 Ghibli. Sure. Um, we, talk, we talk about whatever we want. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I had seen more. I thought I had like, seen... I don't know if I've seen Castle in the Sky. Uh, I've only I've seen, seen the sort of the, the bigger ones of the last few years, I think. Like, I'm almost certain I, I haven't even seen Princess Mononoke. Oh, yeah. That was seen good. Howl's Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what the hell? Suddenly my brain just turned off and I can't think of any of the other ones. What are the other ones? What's that? Nausicaa. Spirited Away. Yeah, Spirited, Spirited Away. Away. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Tanyo. Did I see that? I don't know. If I did, I don't remember. Um, the last couple um, years, I haven't seen any of them. Earwig and the Witch. Um, mm -mm. Mm. The Tale of Princess Kaguya. That one has 100% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Another 100. That's pretty good. Yeah. And... Only Yesterday also has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's from 1991. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen... Looks like most of them. <laughs> Did I see Castle in the Sky? I don't think so. I don't think I saw my neighbor Totoro. I, I, yeah, I, I wonder... I think I might... Maybe Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away, the only two I've seen. I like yeah, them both. It's a smile, okay. <laughs> I, I saw Kiki's delivery service about 10 years ago. It was, it's okay. <laughs> it's like a, I mean, there's brooms and a witch and a, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. I shouldn't say it's okay. It's good. But it, I mean, some of it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's made for, you know, 10, 12 year old kids more, more so than, <laughs> than this one for sure. Yeah. They Which is a... fine. I mean. They made an adaptation of Tales from Earthsea. I didn't know that. It's a mm. Earth, Ursula K. Le Guin book series. Never saw it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, even though they've been making movies for a really long time, I think Spirited Away was their, their breakout film for, for international recognition. You know, I mean, Castle in the Sky, I think, is a cool movie, and it's kind of sums up what they do as far as creativity in that. That was 1986, and Spirit Away was 2001. But that's the one that won the Academy Award for Best Animated Film, and it had a worldwide release uh, because of that, and I think it was gross like $380 million. I, re I remember Princess Mononoke coming out as well here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw. Um, I remember theater. that. Yeah, I remember that being kind of a big deal, sort of. Kinda. Yeah, kind of. Although I never saw it. <laughs> Nature fights back, man. I I got confused about the studio. Like, you remember the fire? Like, it's like 2019. There was a big fire. I thought it was. Vaguely remember, yeah. It wasn't Studio Ghibli. It was. Um, Kyoto studio. Hmm. Um, and like 30 some people died and you know, it was an arson. Apparently I didn't know that either. Oh, it's crazy. Really, really hates animation. <laughs> I don't know what happened. 
Huh. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. Princess Mononoke had a big American voice cast, too. Billy yeah, Bob a... Thornton, Billy Crudup, Minnie Driver, Claire Danes, Jada <laughs> Pinkett Smith. Huh. Hope no one insulted her on set. <laughs> Jillian Anderson. Um. Yeah. Well, hmm. since you brought it up, I, I wanted to go into a little... We don't really talk about current events, but I thought... <laughs> We probably should for two reasons. One, there's the obvious one, Jada Pinkett Smith and the whole thing, which yeah. everybody, we probably don't want to spend too much time on that because everybody's probably sick of hearing about it and seeing memes and, and thinking about it. <laughs> but the other one was, um, I think just today, uh, Bruce Willis announced his retirement yeah. from suffering from aphasia. I don't know about you guys, but I immediately felt guilty. <laughs> I didn't feel guilty. I felt almost relieved. Relieved, yeah. yeah that there's a reason better. he looks like he's been sleepwalking through his roles the yes. last 15 years or however yes. long. I mean, not relieved. I'm not like, yeah, oof, thank God. You know, it's just like, I was more like, oh. Yeah, let the oh, penny drop okay. to you. Like, okay. I understand. that. I, like, I, I would think that that's, that's a thing. That's a reason that he seems asleep in all of his, <laughs> in all right. the various movies he's made in the last, I mean, he makes a lot of movies too lately. Yeah. I think Kevin Smith actually did apologize on, on Twitter. Like, you know, he said, you know, because everyone knows about how nuts it was d doing cop out. Yeah. Which sucks anyway, but that, yeah. you know, but he had a hard time with Bruce Willis and then he yeah. said, Oh, well he, it kind of made sense to him as well. He's like, Oh, yeah. although that was, that's a long time ago. So I don't know. I guess that was probably the start of his, you know, that's when he was in his decline. Yeah. Ten some years ago. Anyway, it sucks. I don't, I don't know what else to say about that, but I just thought that was very interesting because we've talked about Bruce Willis a couple of times mm -hmm. and we've been scratching our heads about it. So at least yeah, I think know. Cohen swears word that he's been uh, calling it in ever since. Uh, Phoning it in, yeah. Yeah, ever since, uh, what was it, the uh, I See Dead People or before then? <laughs> no, but no, he's made a few movies since then, I think, you know, where he seemed engaged. Like, particularly yeah. Wes Anderson, he seemed like, which I find fascinating because I don't like Wes Anderson movies. Any, anything after Royal Tenenbaums I don't like, really, unless it's the animated stuff. But somehow he seemed more alive in those, or, you know, more... Uh, um, engaged alert uh energetic whatever you want to call it than anything else which i don't know why but that seems interesting to me and i wonder if there's a reason i don't know yeah but everything else yeah i mean it, it is unfortunate i don't really know i don't know much else beyond that that he announced that um i mean is aphasia a thing unto itself or some it doesn't usually something else causes it yeah uh, it can be, um, I mean, typically you're going to see it because of a stroke. Yeah. But there can be other things that affect that part of the brain. Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay. They didn't, they didn't, he didn't announce anything else like a cause or, or, or like a, a no. direct, right? They just said he has that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so what, what does that have to do with Will Smith? Well, just, it was just current events. I was, oh, that's oh, recent. Oh, okay. And then everyone's talking about the slap because... You know, it was the craziest thing to happen in the Oscars that I've ever seen. So, yeah. <laughs> I, what was weird is that, I mean, I t yeah, I texted you you guys about it, but I was I was wasn't really sure what happened. So I, I texted some other people too, and some people were like, "That's staged. That's fake." Or you know, most people were trying to deal with the fact that it happened, or like, "Yeah, it didn't happen." <laughs> yeah. But you heard the the sound cut off. Yeah. They cut the sound. Yeah. So. They were aware of what was happening. Sure. And I, you know, some people said, oh, because they're actually trying to get, you know, get things back to normal and have, and they changed the format and this, this set and this, the music, like they're, they're really going, for, I mean, it was, I, I think they were on the right track as far as making it more watchable. I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch four hours of it, but I watched a lot of it and, you know, I applaud their efforts and. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, some people were like, well, they're, they're just adding, that's, that's just too perfect, isn't it? You know, they have to make, <laughs> make it relevant again. So they stage this slap and I'm like, what? Uh, I don't How think, would you? Uh, 
I think look, the th- I think the problem with the Oscars is that they're they're too far up their own ass. You know, whoever's mm-hmm. whoever's like producing it. Yeah, they're so concerned about fucking ratings and keeping it shorter, and they've completely lost sight of like what it's supposed to be about. Yeah, which is which is fucking movies. You know, yeah, like we're supposed to be celebrating movies, and and it doesn't feel like that at all. When you watch it, you're like, do, do what, what? What is this? Yeah. You know, I remember what I, I really liked when um, Ben Stiller used to do the, like the parodies of each of the best picture nominees. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he only did that once or if that was a repeated thing. In my memory, it was a repeated thing, but it might've just been once and it was I, great yeah. and I loved it and it was funny and it was relevant and it felt <laughs> like people celebrating movies. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything like that anymore. Yeah. And I hate that they sing the entirety of every like nominated song. That's yep. the one thing that I keep scratching my head about. They remove, they don't let us see speeches by the fucking editor and, you know. They cut, they cut whole categories out of, like, yeah, the show they cut out these awards. whole categories. Yet we still got to listen to them perform the fucking song. Like a song, it, it, like I understand it's a part of a movie. It's, I don't even think it should be a category. Like leave that <laughs> to the Grammys, best song in a film. For Christ's sake. And like, why not give an Academy Award to like stuntmen or you know the crew or the stunt crew or whatever why isn't that a a thing the song fucking song (laughs) you know like there's these little things why is song you know sound mixing and sound editing separate categories like Mm. nobody knows the difference not even me and i'm an editor (laughs) (laughs) you know i can't really i can't really tell the difference i don't know it it's so technical that only people who do it know the difference so why not combine them or, or get rid of one of them. Or I don't know. Just like streamline it somehow. Yeah. But like not showing people win is so weird to me. Like Sam Jackson won a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. We don't get to see him speak. We missed that entirely. Yep. That's crazy to me. I don't care if it's five hours long. I just want it to be celebratory of movies. Right. Not just stupid bullshit. You know, some of the bits are kind of funny here and there, but not really. I guess they, they, they feel desperate. <laughs> it does feel desperate. I, I guess I said their their mind is in the right place. Their execution is poor. Like they're trying mm-hmm. to make it. I just feel like they're overthinking fun. it. They are definitely overthinking. Just it. simplify. Just you know, <laughs> just you know, let the presenters present simply. The song thing is baffling because they perform the song and then they announce the winner for that song. It's like, obviously it's going to be the one that they just performed. Like, <laughs> and it happened twice. Like they, they did the song and then they did the, the, the award. And it's like, well, obviously this is, you know, yeah. yeah a song from Encanto is going to win. Okay. We knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It was nuts. It was just, it was just, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I don't, I don't want to go on about it. I just, I, it is interesting that so many people are watching it or some people are talking about not watching it. Like, Oh, I don't watch the Oscars, but everyone was, everyone was aware of it. And I think yeah. that's social media. Like everyone saw the clip of it immediately. Sure. I wasn't watching it. Sam and I turned it off by the time when you texted me and I was like, what yeah. happened? And then when I <laughs> looked it up, I saw the uncensored version from like an Australian broadcast or something or Japan. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's not staged. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith isn't going to scream out fuck at the top of his lungs twice. Twice. For a bit, you know? Anyway, for the record, I thought it was totally grotesque. And uh, it, like, makes me queasy even thinking about it. It was not good. Yeah. I think that the Academy asked him to leave. Yeah, I heard that and, too. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. They're still talking about what's going to be done, if anything, but... Yeah. I don't know. No, oh, well. All right. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the review for Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, the um, the author of Grave of the Fireflies was was uh, reticent to to do anything with it because he didn't see it. He couldn't see how it would work. He wanted you know the scorched earth of actual war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing a live action version. I mean, I guess they have since done a live action version on like Japanese TV or something. Right. Yeah. But um, but he then he saw the animation of it and he's like, okay, this could work. And that part makes sense to me because mm-hmm. you, I mean, as horrible as it is, it's still animated. So you don't have to see, you know, mm-hmm. 
the, I also the uh, gore of it, I guess. No, that's yeah, it. related to that, sort of bookending it with a sort of ghostly element sort of softens the blow too a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a bit, you know. Yeah, they got the, uh, you know, the ghost version of uh, Yoda and Obi Wan and <laughs> Anakin all happy together. In the afterlife. <laughs> Uh, don't don't bring up force ghosts because then I'll just be upset that they can actually move things in real life now. Change their freaking rules. <laughs> and also the the, the, the ghost version, rules. if you noticed, was the um, was modern day. It was yeah. after the city had been rebuilt and everything. Yeah, yeah. So that was was kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, you, know, you mentioned the, the live action version and my first thought was no there's something I'm definitely never going to watch if there ever was right. a movie I will not watch it's that <laughs> although I did I don't know if you guys read this that they shifted the, the point of view to the the mean ant really yes. yeah for the live action version when they were sort of I guess the idea was exploring how a character goes from being like a reasonable loving human to being like basically a fucking monster because of war, mm-hmm. which that <clears throat> that I find interesting. You know, something, some sort of character, some sort of character arc beyond just children dying. That's <laughs> sort of what I look for in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of abrupt how the ant was like, just all of a sudden, like you guys, uh, where you know, sell the kimonos and get your own rice, and you know, she was yeah. happy, and then all of a sudden, like it, it flipped. Yeah. The next scene, she was really upset. I guess I also wonder is, you know, she makes it sound like the boy, the little boy could have like done something to help earn his keep there. You know, why aren't right. you volunteering? To, so why, I, I just wonder why right. he didn't. I mean, they, well, they were said, safe. I mean, the, they the were, school they, was, gone, was burned down and um, he said he, he said he had a job and, but that was gone too. Yeah. He said he was working at the something or other, right? Did he? But, yeah, I thought he said something in response to his aunt, like, or yeah, he did so, at some point that this that her school was gone and he worked at some factory and that was that was gone, so he couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's to me where the movie falls short is you don't understand his motivations, and if you did, you you know then you know there might have been an arc there or something. Um, but you don't understand the the main character's motivation, and like you said, some of it's cultural differences. And um, but at the same time, it's the the stakes are obviously really high, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and you don't feel that as the stakes get higher, that there's a sense of desperation. And part of it is, is you're like, is he just too young? Is yeah. he just too? And if it is, if he's just too young for any of this. Then it kind of, I, mean, I hate to say it, then it kind of sounds like Cohen's right. It's a movie about kids dying because war is terrible. <laughs> and it kills me to agree. Because <laughs> I think it's, it's a really well done movie. Sure. And, that's, and it's two different things. Yeah. But if you're at the heart of it, if you're like, what's it really about? You know, and did you have these other elements? And, you know, the, 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 you, the girl is... is totally innocent she's a little girl there's nothing you know like and is so yeah it's it's tragedy it's i think like i said it's it's well done and it's to me a, a shocker that that they could do this and and that it would be so popular um especially back then but at the same time it's um i don't think you know we always talk about should they remake this movie and I don't, you know, if someone made it today, I think it would still have an effect. But I also don't think that someone would make it today this way. I think that they would. I think because of the way we're used to movies now and and, and the the strength of the story that we expect, it would be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was how much money did he have in the bank that he took out? It was seven thousand yen. Seven thousand yen. Yeah, that's that's not much. 
But it's also 1945. Yeah, I suppose that could be more, I think. And we don't know what the exchange rate is or was. Yeah, um, right now, 7,000 yen is 57 bucks. Oh. I know, yeah, I just knew that yen, there's a lot of yen to a dollar. Yeah, a lot of times it's around <laughs> so, 100. Some, somehow that sounds like the punchline to a joke. I don't know why. <laughs> As a <of> yen. <laughs> so $57 in 1945 is the equivalent of $900 today. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, sp- I spent all of one day in Japan, but I, I hit the ATM and it, and it printed out in yen, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> Billions of yen here. What's going on? I have no idea what's going on. Well, that was like, Sean, in Indonesia, it was like <laughs> one million, you know, Indonesian dollars was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. The exchange rate is so insane. It's, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, so we don't like the narrative, or we don't. Th- there's, there's not enough narrative. I mean, we don't. Ha- I, I don't think people are going to think we hate this movie. I don't think we hate this movie. No, I, don't I don't hate, hate it. Movie. I just don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're good. You you did yours. Did your, did your time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's going to be. I mean, that's the. The bias of our of our review of of all of our reviews collectively is it hmm. is it and that's the goal we put out at the beginning where we're looking for movies to, should you watch it again should you go back and watch this and so obviously we're going to pick the ones that actually make you feel like you're having a good escape more than we're going to pick the ones that make you feel sad. <laughs> Usually, people don't escape into sadness. <laughs> yeah. This is true. Yeah, I mean, so Kiki's delivery service, which I mentioned, was much lighter fare, 98% in Rotten Tomatoes. So if you if you looked at the two of them, I mean, obviously, it's got the word grave in the title, so that should be a hint. <laughs> but, um, but if you looked at the two, you'd be like, oh, well, these are, you know, all well-reviewed movies and people like these. You know, so you how that would be the main. It, it's just it's I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just that there's no way to know until you start watching something. Unless you have three dedicated brains. <laughs> unless you have us reviewing yeah. movies. <laughs> <laughs> we just justified our own existence. If there's one soul out there that is looking <laughs> at Japanese anime and wondering which one should I watch. Right. We've helped one person. That's enough. I do like watching Japanese anime just because it's so different than what we get here. The the way the stories are told, everything, the action, everything. Yeah, I like the ambiguity, like Spirited Away, how Mm -hmm. the parents become pigs and you're like, is this happening? What's going on? You know, like, (laughs) what is allegory? What's really happening? I, I like that a lot. I think that was kind of missing from this one a little bit. I mean, except for the ghosts and the, like the fruit drops and all that stuff there. Mm-hmm. But there was like, you knew where it was going. There was no real mystery about it. I don't think. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that she was going to die, but I was like, it sure seems like she's going to die. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he was, I mean, I guess I knew he was going to die, but I was still waiting for that to happen so I don't know but I think I mean not to go too deep or sound like a know-it-all professor which I am not but um, (laughs) the the whole idea of this happening affecting the entire culture I mean we we don't like movies that don't have a a little levity or a little you know something else going on because we don't want, yeah, I mean, we don't want to dwell on that too hard, but I mean, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can overstate the effect of that war on them. I was, I was thinking about like Empire of the Sun with Christian Bale mm-hmm. when he was a kid, you know, that's, sure. that's a Spielberg one, I think. Um, yes. I mean, that's obviously, the, I think it's Japan or the, are they the, are they the captors? Like he's in a prison camp. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
like Hong Kong. Is that where he is? Anyway, there's, I mean, so in that, that's still kind of, that's more our, our, um, perspective, like Japanese were the aggressors, they're imperialists, they're, they're bombing other, you know, they're taking over cities and stuff like that. And we're just caught up in it, but to see it, I mean, you know, war always has more than one perspective and, and more than one cause, you know, and it's not fair to say, especially when you think about world war two, because everybody knows that, you know, as a country, it galvanized us as a culture, it galvanized us, you know, we still, you know, the boomers are still a huge part of our society and the economy and all that stuff. And, um, you know, this it's it's not fair to, to to think about these huge events that that touched millions and millions of lives and just see it in one way. It's just it's just not right. So I don't know. I mean, I was it was Why? interesting. <laughs> what <laughs> USA USA? No, um, <laughs> it was interesting that like oh, they yeah. they when they were doing this the fire bombings and stuff they made sure they didn't come anywhere near the emperor. They didn't want to hit the figurehead and, you know, like, I don't know. The the civility of war is what really gets me. The rules of war, of engagement, the, the Geneva Conventions, the stuff like that. The things that happen in war are so beyond what we understand that it's it's really hard to separate good from bad after a certain point. You're just like, what is going on? Yeah. And I, and I, I would like to see more of that in, in some movies, you know, just that. I mean, I'm not saying that Saving Private Ryan needed... I mean, Saving Private Ryan had that, I think, because it mixed up, like, the German perspective and and causality, you know, like, if you have mercy here, what will happen down the road, all those yeah. kind of... Those weird situations. Yeah. And, yeah. But it, it showed you the cost of war without, like, just being rah-rah, you know, mm-hmm. D-Day and stuff where you're... And it had a, and it had a good focus. It had a... We cared about this mission. Um, you know, all the stuff that happens along the way is very interesting, but we still care. Like, we still want to know what are they going to achieve this goal? Mm-hmm. The singular thing that happened. It's tough. It's tough to do war movies and do a good job. Sure. So, this <laughs> so. movie also made it onto a top. 10 saddest films list uh and we already mentioned uh dancer in the dark was on the on the list Mm -hmm. requiem for a dream which is uh, one of the ones in there so i'm just just plucking out the ones that you you know for future picks code (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) definitely anyway a million dollar baby i I went to put that one up there i mean i mean it's rough i don't yeah, I don't think of it when I think of like all time, <laughs> like movies I don't ever want to see again. I, mean, I kind of don't want to see it again, but <laughs> not like the other ones. And then, uh, yeah, number eight is Howard the Duck. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> of course, is that all time sad movies or all time pathetic movies? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Wrong list. You're right. (laughs) All right. So what are we doing next? Uh, Well, well, since you asked, um, I had decided we hadn't seen anyone get kicked in the throat in a really long time. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) So we do on Jean-Claude Van Damme? No. (laughs) Although I have have toyed with the idea of picking one of his movies uh, repeatedly over the last however long we've been doing this. No. Um, this, I actually, I wanted to somewhat keep within the spirit of our podcast. And so I'm picking a movie that I, I saw came out the year we graduated from high school. I saw then I saw maybe once after and I haven't seen since, and I have very fond memories of it, but they're not very concrete memories of it. And I I can't imagine how to give you a hint because I either, you probably, I would be surprised if you guys even know the title, but it's. A movie starring Brandon Lee, and it's not The Crow. Oh, you've mentioned this one. Uh, this is this is one I I, yeah, I, I know feel it. like this is a trivia thing. What is it? It's a Rapid Fire. Yep. Yeah. 
There you go. So, I'm curious. I'm. I'm. Well, like I just explained part of the reason I took, but the other part is that obviously Brandonly died making the crow, and the crow was pretty well received, making a lot of money, and people. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Generally, think of it as a pretty good movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious to see, like, something he did before it. To see sort of how his performance is, what he's like, what his charisma is like, whether he's a decent actor or not, because I don't really remember. Hmm. I remember, you know, I've seen The Crow a bunch of times. I like that movie, and I think he's great in it. Mm-hmm. But I want, I just wonder, you know, like, is he good in this, or do I just remember liking it because he kicks people in the face? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's I a don't chicken rec- or the egg kind of I, question. I don't recall. <laughs> You know, so I, you know, curious. <laughs> Can you kick the hell out of people and not have it be good? At... <laughs> well, sure. How can it not be good? I mean, there's plenty of bad action there movies. Is. I think there's plenty of bad ones. Yeah. But yeah, this is good. This is old. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if you, if you barely remember it, then that's probably yeah. good. Oh, uh, well, no, I'll talk about it when next, next time. I have a very minor connection to one of the actors in it. Ah. I can't wait to hear. Yep. I am full of. You saw one of the pointless stories. <laughs> you saw one of the actors step and dog do on the sidewalk. Unfortunately, I did not. Oh. Not in this. <laughs> I just got the one. <laughs> oh, well. I would like to see like a reenactment of that. <laughs> Or a, a painting with his face or something. A <laughs> shoe off to the side. That's just... a great idea. A painting. We're going to do a painting of all of Sean standing in dog poop on 8th Avenue in Manhattan. And a thought bubble overhead. Inconceivable. Right. Of course. Yeah, exactly. And of course, the, yeah, the title of the painting, of course, would be Inconceivable. Right. <laughs> Huh. All right. Cool. Well, I think this has been our best review yet. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't think Rapid Fire is on any of the streaming services. I think it's a rental. What? Well, I mean, or you can buy it, which I'm sure you guys will probably buy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like to watch every movie review you can, three you times can, over. You can probably <laughs> buy it as a double feature with Showdown in Little Tokyo, which he did before Rapid Fire, and I almost picked that. Mm. That one has Dolph Lundgren in it, so it's automatically better. <laughs> all right, uh, I don't want—I don't want to give give away too many nuggets here. Gotta save, right. yeah. gotta we're save them. We're ready now. <laughs> Wait. That's is there a karate in the garage rapid fire because there's a a rapid fire 1989 that you can stream on YouTube, but this is a 1992 movie though, right? Well, I mean, it's not exactly a a specific title. (laughs) All right, there's actually, I think there's a John Woo movie who had an whose alternate title was Rapid Fire. All right, a better tomorrow. All right, wow. that's enough, movie buff. Yeah. Out. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next time when someone gets kicked in the throat. <laughs> Arigato. Sayonara. Konnichiwa, bitches. That's the film with your brains. Kotchila Genkan.